B-Pod Studios. Comic books, video games, anime, sci-fi. If you've been made fun of for it, we're probably going to talk about it. Get those nerds! Nerd! Nerd! You're listening to Nerd Radio. Welcome, everyone, to the 400th episode. That's right, 400th episode of Nerd Radio. I'm your host, Chuck Bean. Of course, you can find us on the podcast page, WRAF.com, wherever you get your podcasts as part of the B-Pod Studios Network. Or, more importantly, when we record episodes, you can find us on my Twitch page at uh, twitch.tv backslash chizuck, C-H-Z-U-C-K. Or, if you want to find it easily, just pump robleifeldfeet.com into your... uh, in your Google machine, it'll take you right to where we, we broadcast. Thank you, Al Beck, for that Christmas gift last Christmas. As I just mentioned, it is the 400th episode of Nerd Radio. We're going to talk about some of the headlines that's going on. I'm going to introduce you to the newest game that I am super pumped about. But before we get there, um, a little retrospective, a little a little discussion about Nerd Radio, where we've been, where we might be going, uh, all that good stuff. I want to start off by uh, thanking everybody for sticking with us for these last uh, seven or eight years of Nerd Radio. I very much appreciate it. Um, the last uh, week or two, we, we, we had planned to do this episode last week, and it was gonna, I was going to have more people, but everybody was busy this week. So I was like, you know, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it with me, because Nerd Radio is, is kind of me. It's my, it's my thing. And and I I love having everybody be a part of it, but I want to talk to you, the the listener, about it. Um, we didn't do the episode last week because, unfortunately, if you follow me on social media, you uh, probably saw that my cat uh, Izzy Bit that I had had for 13 years uh, passed away last Wednesday when we would typically be recording this. We were taking her to the doctor and found out that uh, we had to have her put down. It's very sad. Uh, her little brother Kylo, he's actually off camera right now. He's he's laying on the couch and he's got a sleepy face, but he's he's very sad. Uh, I'm very sad. Anyway, everybody in the household is very sad, but uh, we'll get through it and uh, we, we miss her terribly. Try not to cry thinking about it but uh that's so that's that's why this episode did not happen last week uh the reason it's happening this week um is uh essentially uh i was going to be in the studio with my wife amy uh al beck may have stopped by may not have um james might have stopped by uh but uh amy had stuff to do i know that al and james are both very busy in fact that's uh the i know that i've had some listeners reach out and ask you know when is james coming back uh where's al back kind of thing uh for those of you who may not know uh we all work at 101 WRIF in Detroit City. James and Albeck both are producers on our morning show, the Dave and Chuck the Freak show, which is uh, syndicated through multiple cities. And uh, both of them, very, very busy work schedule. So they haven't been able to come and do Nerd Radio on Wednesdays. And you know what? That's absolutely fine, man. Nerd Radio is kind of... Uh, I don't want to say been extracurricular, but it's been something, it's been a passion project. It's been something we do, uh, because we, we enjoy talking about nerd stuff, talking about comic books and wrestling and video games and stuff and, and, and putting out a podcast where you can hear some, you know, uh, mid-level radio personalities talk about stuff they're passionate about. And that's essentially why I started the podcast. Let me give you a little history um, back in 2000, let's say 2010 ish, 
before I got into radio, I would listen to what was then the morning show on 101 The Rift, the Drew and Mike show. And um, around that time, the TV show Lost was a huge deal on ABC. And every morning, I think it was Thursday mornings after Lost would play on Wednesdays, they would devote 30 to 45 minutes worth uh, of just talking about Lost, just talking about what the theories were, where the island was, and are they really dead, and all this cool stuff. And callers would call in, and they'd have a grand time. And I remember listening to that and being like, man, what if it was just, instead of you bouncing around from like pop culture to sports talk to what's going on in reality television, like what if it was just this? Like, is there is there a, a place for a show that's just this? Now, remember, it's 2010, so, like, podcasting exists, but it's not a huge deal yet. Um, and uh, so, fast forward a couple years, I get into the radio business. I finally get some on-air time. I'm doing overnights. I want to say it's around, like, 2014-ish. And uh, I meet my co-host my for the first couple of years of Nerd Radio, Jefferson Moore. He's doing call screening for Night Call on 101 WRAF on Sunday nights, a show that uh, unfortunately no longer <laughs> exists. Um, but we get to talking. He's into video games. He's into uh, playing Dungeons and & Dragons and Magic the Gathering and a whole bunch of stuff. I, of course, love my comic books. And um, just talking, it was like, man, these discussions that we're having – we should just turn a microphone on and have these discussions because I, I feel like they're entertaining and I feel like it's the kind of thing people would want to listen to. So um, at the time, I was on Riff's HD2 station, Riff 2, and I would uh, I, w- I would be on there five days a week. And I, I went to Jade, who was the program director for Riff 2, now the program director for 101 The Riff, and said, hey, what would you think about doing a talk show about nerd stuff somewhere on Riff 2? And she said – I'll give you Wednesday nights, two hours, 10 to midnight. And I said, why don't you give me 10 to 11? I don't know if people are really going to want to listen to us talk for two full hours about nerd stuff. She's like, all right, cool. Uh, she scheduled some music. We turned it into segments and pumped it out on Rift 2. And then I uh, started putting it up on iTunes as a podcast. And then uh, a couple years later, um, our corporate um, at Beasley decided podcasting was – they were all in. They wanted to do podcasting. And I was kind of ahead of the curve. So – here we are. Nerd Radio uh, as, as a podcast has existed now for eight years, 400 episodes. And I want to thank uh, everyone who's been a part of it, including obviously you listening to this uh, particular episode. But I mentioned Jefferson earlier, my, my very first uh, co-host putting this together. Very fun stuff. Of course, this show would not exist um, if, over the last couple of years, especially through COVID, if it wasn't for Al Beck. And James, I love both of uh, both of those guys dearly, and uh, every every time I get to talk to him, absolute pleasure. Whether the mics are on or not, absolutely fun. Fun fact: um, Al was a part of the show early on. He would because he was doing overnights um, at the time, but I would come in on a night that I wasn't doing an overnight, but he was doing an overnight, so we could record in the mornings while the morning show was on, like right after it was done because we used to record in one of the edit studios there's two edit studios in the riff uh hallway and we used to record in the edit studio that we used to joke as the place equipment goes to die um and that was uh that was where where we recorded a majority of the first four five six years of nerd radio but uh yeah i i um when i was an intern at the riff al was doing uh, overnights and i was coming in for the drew and mike show and uh, i would just pop my head in and say hi and noticed that he always had a stack of comics, and I was like, hmm, he's my people. 
he likes comic books. We got to talk and he loved Deadpool and the walking dead and stuff. So it was only a matter of time before I roped him into, uh, doing some nerd radio. He plays a couple of video games too. Uh, going back to everyone I want to thank, I want to thank, uh, Amy, my wife, who you can actually hear me, um, get to know, uh, from some episodes in 2016. That is when we, we met in the summer of 2016 when she started working at the station. She was writing stuff for the website that was nerd based. And I was like, Who's this bitch? <laughs> that was literally when I saw the stuff popping up on the website. I'm like, that's my nerd stuff in my beat. Who is this? Um, and then we, we met at a Fourth uh, of July party. James, uh, James and Cody's actually Fourth of July party and, um, had her on the show to talk about some nerd stuff. And, uh, it's really funny to go back and listen to those, those awkward first couple episodes. And I was, uh, introducing myself to a new friend that would eventually become my wife. So that's a lot of fun. Also want to talk, uh, want to thank Mike Pandoff, who's been on the show in multiple times in multiple forms, whether it's over Skype or in studio or wherever. Uh, Al Beck, uh, at one point, uh, nicknamed him Puddle Bitch and, and we thought it was hilarious. Um, you'd have to go back and find the episode why. I, I don't exactly remember why, but Mike, I love you very dearly. He's got his own podcast now with, uh, Ron Burgess called Two Guys, One Lightsaber, where they, excuse me they don't sneeze uh they're professionals but they essentially um do the same thing we do at nerd radio they talk about nerd stuff and have a grand old time and uh so so that's a blast to uh check out and and listen to um joel morgan who we just had on about a month ago for the lego stuff he's done uh production work for me he's been on the show he is always a bundle of energy and once again an absolute joy to talk to, I want to send a shout out to Kenny, who, who was on the show when he was uh, with the promotional team, and Kyle. Kenny was a huge Ghostbusters fan and and loved all the Marvel stuff. Kyle, super into Overwatch and the Blizzard games, super into Godzilla. We found out in one episode, and uh, always loved uh, collectible card games as well. Talked about Magic: The Gathering frequently with uh, with him. Uh, Dave Martian was a part of the early episodes. He's got his own comic book blog where he talks about early DC stuff and I would have him in to kind of give me a history lesson when it came to DC comics. I had a buddy Martin who was super into um, anime that could come in and tell me what's the new stuff that's going to be on Crunchyroll this season and uh, and get us pumped for that. Also Jefferson's roommate uh, Tim Parker who uh, put up with me asking him a bunch of questions about League of Legends as well as their uh, their pro circuit and uh, played some League of Legends with me and I was absolutely terrible if you guys remember Andrew the Man Expert who used to be on the Dave and Chuck the Freak show he came in for uh, a couple of shows in that first year and uh, discussed some uh, some nerd stuff some Marvel stuff with us which was great the Squared Circle Roundtable that we used to talk about pro wrestling which is now uh, turned into its own podcast that is independently produced between myself uh, Sean Parks and then uh, Erica uh, Erica Banis and Justin Valentine of the JV Sports Talk PPV pod don't tell him i got that right um the squared circle roundtable is where we talk about wrestling and that included erica uh, ray my buddy janelle over at the riff that's still on uh during the weekends and i uh definitely want to give a huge shout out to the checkpoint xp guys the original checkpoint xp guys that invited us into their studio and um and this is a studio that we still get to use today even if they are not there so thank you to nate bender uh robbie callie weirdbeard norris chad 
uh, still try and stay in contact with these guys and love all of those guys. They're they're all excellent dudes, and they're all on Twitch too. You can all find them uh, there. Going back to some of the early shows, uh, some people I want to thank is uh, Steve Black, who would come and talk about Doctor Who and Star Trek with uh, with uh, Al Beck. Uh, Miss Anne Carlini, who was a huge TV fan, had a bunch of shows and a Star Trek fan that uh, that. Um, we would talk about in fact we did that cool crossover episode i want to say it was in like 2015 ish between their podcast and our podcast i cannot recall what the name of their podcast was but we did like a game show and it was absolutely a blast i'll have to uh, search that out and try and uh, link that in um in in our social media at nerd radio 101 miss ann erickson was just a part of the show uh, about a month ago uh marcus scott hall judge jackie all new voices and faces new friends uh, that it's been fantastic to uh, to to talk with them about, and ultimately, that's what the show has kind of turned into is uh, a way for me to to make new friends uh, through the station to to connect with people about stuff they're passionate with, and that's essentially was the mission statement of Nerd Radio right from the get go. Is everyone I work with, we're all radio professionals, we all talk on the air, um, and we all are passionate about stuff in our. Um, in our off time, whether it's watching television, whether it's reading books, whether it's playing video games or something, let's have a place where we can come and sit and talk for 15, 20 minutes about something we are super passionate about. And uh, I thank you guys once again for 400 episodes. Listening to 400 episodes of this, uh, absolutely. Uh, hope I, I hope we've entertained you greatly over the last eight years. And uh, I, I don't know exactly what the future holds for Nerd Radio. I know that I... Um, I plan on trying to still do this. I don't know if I can keep up a, a weekly schedule, uh, but I'm going to try and uh, do it as often as there is stuff to tell you guys about and people to talk up to about stuff that they are passionate about. So um, thank you guys for checking out Nerd Radio. Thank you to everybody who's been a part of Nerd Radio. And um, with that in mind... Um, we're gonna do the rest of the episode like a uh, normal episode of Nerd Radio. I've got some, uh, some news headlines to talk about. There's some trailers that dropped, uh, where you're, I'm gonna give you guys reactions for some of that stuff. And, uh, then, uh, there's a new game that just came out that I am super obsessed with. I've been playing it for about a week whenever I get some spare time. And, uh, I'll play a couple of games of it because, uh, I can here on the air and explain it to you and hopefully get you as excited about it as I am when Nerd Radio returns. BackstageCountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Lainey Wilson is on a roll. She's delivering great music and teaming up with some of country's hottest acts. Text Lainey to 45911 to see which four Lainey Wilson collabs have us talking at BackstageCountry.com. Text Lainey to 45911 to get a link to the list sent right to your phone from BackstageCountry.com. Hey, this is WWE Intercontinental Champion Gunther, and you're listening to Nerd Radio. I'm so happy when I interviewed him about a month ago that uh, that it was over the phone and I was out of chopping reach because that man looks like he kills people when he chops them. <laughs> Welcome back to Nerd Radio over on the podcast page at WRAF.com, part of the B-Pod Studios Network on your social media, Nerd Radio 101, and streaming live on Twitch Wednesday afternoons around 1130 at RobLeifeldFeet.com. I'm your host, Chuck Bean, flying solo today. 
And uh, now that we've basically uh, discussed the origins of Nerd Radio and where we are, and uh, once again, thank you all for listening to 400 episodes of this. Let's talk about some stuff that's going on in the world of nerds. Uh, kicking things off here, let me pull up my, my, uh, my notes, if you will. Kicking things off with, I don't know that I've discussed uh, the return of Bray Wyatt here on the show, but uh, it's definitely the thing that has been giving me absolute joy the last month or so when it comes to watching professional wrestling. I haven't been a huge fan of WWE probably the last year or two, but I do have to admit that things look like they're getting um, more entertaining. Uh, the, the the show feels like it's, it's definitely trying to draw me in as a viewer more than it was uh, now that Triple H... Uh, is is in charge of running the show, and Vince McMahon has officially retired. He's been doing Triple H, been doing a fantastic job, and he's been bringing back a bunch of people who got fired over COVID in the last year um, that that were very talented and and shouldn't have been released. And one of those people is thankfully uh, Wyndham Rotunda, known to WWE people as Bray Wyatt. I've I've been into this what I call the spooky bullshit oh. uh, for probably quite a few years. I wasn't an Undertaker fan, suspiciously enough, but um, when uh, I started to see some really cool, spooky wrestlers over the years, including Rosemary over in uh, NW or not NWA, uh, Total Nonstop Action, Impact Wrestling, and then uh, seeing some, like Malachi Black, who was Aleister Black in NXT, and uh, Bray Wyatt, obviously in the Wyatt family, I was like, this is kind of fun. I, I enjoy more and more as I get older the um. When professional wrestlers, when like an Olympic gold medalist like Kurt Angle has to deal with like an undead biker, like you, you now live in a universe where you have to compete against uh, a guy who can make fire shoot out of the ring posts. Uh, good luck. <laughs> it's just so absurd that uh, I really, really enjoy that stuff. So I've uh, greatly enjoyed Bray Wyatt coming back. They did it for those that uh haven't been watching her or, or don't know for about four weeks before that uh, at the local at the or local, but at the live shows uh, during commercial breaks, they would play Jefferson Airplane's um, White Rabbit, uh, but it was just the vocal part and the lights would go red, which the last time we saw Bray Wyatt when he was incorporating the fiend character, uh, the lights would go red and we kind of all hated it. But it was kind of a clue that like. We, something weird is going on. We don't know what it is. And then they started putting up these AR codes on different things. Like at one point, Triple H was uh, in the middle of the ring to, on SmackDown talking to a microphone and he moved the microphone around and there was an AR code like right where the microphone would say SmackDown normally that you could stick your phone up and put it, you know, on to the TV and have it scan the AR code and it would take you to a website that was leading to all these weird spooky clues that something weird was coming. And then just a couple of weeks ago at Extreme Rules, they ended the show with the return of Bray Wyatt and it's been hand handled masterfully. Um, and, and now he's back. Uh, he hasn't wrestled a match yet, but he's cut a couple of promos over the last two weeks on SmackDown. And it's um, Bray Wyatt and Sami Zayn are the highlights of SmackDown and definitely uh, are, are drawing me back to watching uh, WWE, much less, you know, watching more than just the All Elite Wrestling, which uh, happens on Wednesdays and, and is more up my alley. It's got more characters that I enjoy seeing, like Orange Cassidy and stuff. So, yeah, that's been uh, very fun to uh, to check out. Also, I'll get into this probably in the next couple of weeks when I've seen more of it, but Chainsaw Man is a huge anime 
um, and manga that has been taking over that particular world by storm. And with Yumacon, the big anime convention coming up in just a couple of weeks here in Detroit, it always puts me in the mood to watch some more anime. So I've been checking out Chainsaw Man and uh, I've, I've seen like half of the first episode and I don't quite know what to think of it yet, but definitely uh Definitely intriguing. Definitely something I'm going to to watch more of. Uh, this past weekend, uh, Black Adam, the new DC movie, came out, and uh, I have talked to exact. I haven't seen it yet, but I have talked to exactly two people that have seen it, and both of them absolutely loved it. So it's definitely high in my priorities to go and check out. I love The Rock. He's going to be great in this. Um, I've heard there's a cool cameo in there. Uh, you get to see a whole bunch of uh, kind of like the Justice Society heroes. And um interested, interested to see. And in fact, while we're talking about the DC stuff, just last week, uh, or last week, just yesterday, DC announced, or, or Warner Brothers announced, that James Gunn is going to be essentially their Kevin Feige moving forward. He is going to be, uh, he's going to lead their film, TV, and animation division. Uh, just came out last week, along with a guy named Peter Stefron, who I'm uh, less less familiar with but that's exciting that's like i'm more of a marvel guy than a dc guy but um that's that's super exciting to think that they're going to have somebody somebody who we already know has made some great stuff whether it's guardians of the galaxy which we'll talk about in a couple minutes or it's uh or it's peacemaker somebody in suicide squad somebody who's made some genuinely enjoyable superhero cinema is now going to be in charge of trying to make sure everything fits together like it does in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And um, I don't know about you, kind of looking forward to it. Kind of, I, I, Like I said, I am more invested in Marvel, always have been more invested in Marvel than I am in DC, whether it's the comics, the movies, the cartoons, whatever. But I've never been one to be like, well, I hope DC crashes and burns because my thing over at Marvel is cool. Like I want... I want you to interest me in more DC characters than just John Constantine. I want you to to pull me in and make me care about, you know, guys like Peacemaker and be like, okay, this is this is kind of cool. I dig this. Um, on the gaming front, a uh, story that I just uh, I saw a couple of weeks ago that I don't think I got the opportunity to talk about. Final Fantasy VII The First Soldier, which is uh, a, a battle royale game that is cell phone only, unfortunately, but is... Kind of really good. I uh, I checked it out over the summer. I had to figure out how to Bluetooth a controller to my phone or my iPad to play it because playing it with the touch controls is just it's a little weird. Um, but once you have a controller hooked up, man, that game is great. Uh, unfortunately, it will be closing its doors. Uh, it launched in November 2021, so just uh, about a year ago, and uh, it's going to be shutting down servers January 11th, 2023. So um, that kind of puts the kibosh on, you know, putting any money into it to, like, get a skin of Cloud or Tifa or anything like that. But if you did not get a chance to check it out, I recommend you at least try it before it goes away. Because uh, if you like Battle Royale games at all, I think you'll – and you like Final Fantasy. I think there's plenty there to uh, – plenty there to enjoy. And I think you will. Looking over uh, Kotaku earlier this morning, I saw an article that every U.S. PlayStation 2 game manual is now scanned in 4K on a uh, particular website by a games preservationist called Kirkland. Uh, he uh, completed his set of U.S. PlayStation 2 manuals, and um, now you can go online and uh, just check them out, which is kind of cool. I, I love – I miss the days of video game manuals. I love uh, how um, – 
I want to say cheap ass games, but that's not the that's not the company that does it. Um, limited run games. I love how limited run games will make specific games, specific versions of specific games, like physical copies with extra stuff. In fact, I have two games uh, in my um, in my Nintendo Switch collection that uh, is Undertale and Cave Story Plus that came with extra stuff that uh, I absolutely adore. That it came with like you know an instruction booklet that looks like an old NES booklet or a keychain or something like that. So uh, more of this, please, more of this. And um, if you if you want to check that out, let me see if I can um, pull up the website here. Uh, nope, it's not it's not archive.org. I had a lot of stuff actually prepared to do this by myself because this is a little hectic, um, but this I was not prepared for. <laughs> Oh, I see. There's just not a preview for it, but it is on the Internet Archive, archive.org. So something you can absolutely Kirkland's manual labor, Sony PlayStation 2, USA 4K version, whole whole thing. Um, Like I said, just search Kirkland's PlayStation 2. You'll find it. You'll find one of the articles about it and you'll be able to uh, to pull it right up. And it's a whole thing. Um, What else I got here for you? That's for the next segment. That's for the next segment. Oh, this is a thing that's coming up. So this weekend is obviously Halloween. And one of the uh, things that is always fun about Halloween is the Simpsons doing their um, Treehouse of Horror episodes where they kind of do a takes on different horror genres. And uh, this particular week, they're going to be doing three stories, one of which is a take on the anime Death Note. Now, let me see if I can get this to work properly here. Pull this up. There you go. Um, so I'm going to play you guys. There's a clip on Twitter somebody has of uh, Lisa finding the death tome instead of the death note, and uh, we'll get we'll give it a we'll we'll give it a look here. Let's see. I'll try and describe it for the listener at home. So a truck drives by. That is obviously Lisa Simpson, drawn as an anime character, walking down the street. She's very goth. And now the death tome has fallen out of the sky at her feet. She picks it up. Any person whose name is written in this death tome will meet their death and be dead. What? You must specify how the victim will die, and you may not kill the same way twice. This is obviously just a stupid prank. Yeah, so that's the clip of it there. And um, it's animated... Spectacularly, and the reason for that, according to this article on Kotaku, is that the studio that animated it is a Korean studio called DR Movie, who actually worked on Death Note, the anime series. So, if you're a Death Note fan, uh, you'll definitely want to check out the new Simpsons Treehouse of Horror on Fox when it comes out uh, this Sunday night, October the 30th. The other two stories, according to this article, are going to be a version of the Papa Duke uh, with Marge and a Westworld parody. So, something to look forward to. Never been. Uh, I know. I know. Al and I think Jefferson used to talk about how, like, uh, The Simpsons. There's a specific season that Al cuts off for The Simpsons and does not watch any of the new stuff. But this sounds pretty cool. This reminds me of when they did the the 3D episode where Homer was in 3D years and years ago and like had to completely change the animation style. And it works, man. It absolutely works. All right. I mentioned that there's a couple of uh, there's a couple of trailers that came out over the last uh, the last week. The first thing I want to talk about, and we don't have to do like a live reaction to this, but last Thursday was it Thursday? 
Maybe it's Wednesday. Last Wednesday, there was what they called the Silent Hill transmission, where Konami announced a whole bunch of new Silent Hill stuff. I've always uh, loved Silent Hill. I love Silent Hills 2 and 4 specifically, but the the franchise, I've always thought, I enjoy it more than Resident Evil. It's more... Um, I don't know. It's less jump scare. It's more like don't looking into a dark corner and, and knowing there's something there and don't don't want to deal with it. <laughs> but um, so they announced five different things on the Silent Hill transmission. The first thing they announced was uh, they're going to do Silent Hill Two. They're going to remake Silent Hill Two completely with brand new graphics. And uh, according to the the thing, the transmission, it's only going to be on the PC and the PlayStation 5. So uh, not having a PlayStation 5, I'll have to look forward to the PC version. But um, if you're a PlayStation 5 uh, player or a huge Silent Hill fan, definitely a uh, system-selling game as far as I'm concerned. They also announced uh, another game that's going to be coming out, Silent Hill Townfall, which uh, they don't have very much... Um, they don't have very much to tell you about it because it's still very it's still in development but it's going to be uh developed by Annapurna Games and uh, uh the studio that did the Blair Witch game which um had some good ideas in it wasn't a great game but uh, absolutely had some some neat ideas also if you're a Silent Hill 2 fan um they're doing a new Silent Hill movie uh that's coming out I think 2 years from now and uh, that's going to uh, feature the director of the original Silent Hill movie coming back to retell the tale of Silent Hill 2. So if you're a big fan, that's probably Silent Hill 2 is probably the big game when it comes to um, Silent Hill games. So it'll be interesting to see how that is translated to the movie scene or the movie screen. I know the first movie was kind of a mixed bag. There was some neat stuff. There's some neat stuff in it, but then there's some stuff that made absolutely no sense and kind of sucked. So, once again, all all stuff that's interesting. As a Silent Hill fan, uh, absolutely interested in that. Also, they announced a new Silent Hill game, a new spinoff game called Silent Hill F, which is going to be set in 1960s Japan, and looks like a cross between uh, The Last of Us and Midsummer, which is very strange, very very strange. Also, there's um, some kind of weird immersive project called Silent Hill Ascension that well, we'll be waiting to get more. Uh, more more information about yeah and that and of course that movie Return to Silent Hill all due out in the next couple of years for you know not getting any Silent Hill anything for the longest time to realize that over the next couple of years we're going to get a bunch of Silent Hill is uh is really fun it's really cool it's 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 neat i'm i'm excited for it and i hope you are too all right so yesterday Marvel dropped two different trailers, the first of which is our first look at Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, and I'm going to uh, I'm going to just play it here for you and uh, give you my thoughts on it. So here we go. I used to ask myself a lot of questions. Scott, you're an ex-con. <laughs> How are you? Paul Rudd just walking down the street. That doesn't make sense. Oh, he's the... He's the employee go, of the, the millennia thing. at Baskin Thank Robbins. You, Spider-Man. <laughs> Cafe owner says, people "Thank you, Spider-Man." That's why we made this. Oh, this is his daughter. It's like a satellite for deep space, but Quana. Wait, wait a minute. You're sending a signal down to the quantum realm. Uh oh. Turn it off. 
now. Short black hair. It's probably supposed to look more like her haircut in the comics, but it does not look good on that actress. Where? Everybody got sucked up into the quantum realm. Scott Lang and his daughter Cassie. It looks almost like a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. What are you so afraid of? All the weirdness. There's something I never told you. Janet Van Dyne has a secret about her time in the quantum realm. Big fantasy and army. Must be tangs on me. Bill Murray. I can get you home. And give you more time. If you help me. So, what's it gonna be? Batman. February 17th, next year. Looks good. Looks fun. Welcome back to New Rockstars. It'll be, uh, be really cool the- to see um, what kind of cool stuff <laughs> we're, we're about to experience in the Quantum Realm and see the, the build for the next big villain, Kang the Conqueror. Um, we've already obviously seen him in, in Loki, and now he's going to get his, his big major role here in this. So I'll be there. Absolutely. Uh, the other thing that Marvel dropped yesterday is the trailer for the one-off Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Um, let's give let's give this a, a check out here. I like how they do the special. They did this for World by Night, where it looks like the old like CBS special, and they play the Charlie Brown. I just saw on the calendar that right now on Earth it's almost Christmas time. We don't have time for trivialities Christmas. But Peter's so sad about Gamora being gone. Maybe if we go to Earth for a really wonderful Christmas gift, it would make him happy. (laughs) Drax and the Mantis in Hollywood. Special, he will never forget. Oh, Crusoe all grown up. special. We're looking for the legendary Kevin Bacon. We're looking for the legendary <laughs> oh, no. Kevin Bacon. I just said that, Drax. If your voice is small and mousy, I think maybe he didn't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> You're coming with us as a Christmas present. They're going to kidnap Kevin Bacon. Oh, Cosmo's going to be in it. Cosmo the astronaut dog. It's like a astronaut dog. How cute. November 25th. Whoa. I thought it was going to be a Christmas thing, but like we get it. That's awesome. We get it a month early. That's super cool. I dig that. That looks awesome. I don't know. I, I'd seen somebody on my social media say that they saw that trailer and then they canceled their Disney Plus. And like, dude, 
How do, how, how do you not like fun? That looks like fun. Oh, man, that's going to be awesome. All right. Well, I've got one more kind of live reaction thing I want to try here on the show. And that is um, so over the weekend, the BBC uh, had the latest Doctor Who special, The Power of the Doctor, which is the final Jodie Whittaker Doctor Who episode and leads into what Doctor Who will become in 2023. Um, So spoilers, if you haven't seen it yet. But uh, I'm going to show you guys, um, for those of you watching on Twitch and for those of you listening to the podcast, you'll just get to hear it, uh, the final moments of Jodie Whittaker and, uh, and her regeneration here on uh, Doctor Who. So let me click this over again. And um, yeah, here we go. Oh, she's looking back at the TARDIS and walking outside. Man, I'm already misty-eyed. I've only watched like a season of Jodie Whittaker's stuff, but just knowing that this is her final scene. Blossom, yes, Blossom. Oh, the energy's starting like it always does. It's really sad thing. I want to know what happens next. Right then. Doctor Who, I'm about to be. What a great line. Wow. <laughs> yes, I'm crying. Those you watching on Twitch. Yes, I'm crying. How silly. Oh, she's like out on a rock by the sea where she parked the TARDIS and she's regenerating. She's got all the energy. Whoa, her clothes are changing. That's never happened. Uh, she's David Tennant. I know these teeth. Said I know these teeth. <laughs> Look at. Oh no, he's doing the thing. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Yes, the I remember a couple of times him doing that. What? He has to say what three times? Man, that's a really good scene. Now I want to go back and watch the Jodie Whittaker stuff. Oh, that was so good. I was so into Doctor Who when it came back, man. There was like especially the David Tennant and the Matt Smith seasons. Those were my world revolved around Doctor Who for a couple of years there. And it was so good. And then it kind of fell off of it. I know that it's on HBO Max right now, but I saw on Twitter yesterday that uh, the new episodes are going to be on Disney+, Plus, which makes me think that uh, the old episodes eventually are going to make their way over to Disney+. Plus. So that is pretty cool. Doctor Who, The Power of the Doctor. I'm going to have to see if I can hunt down where I can watch that. All right, we're going to take a break uh, here on Nerd Radio when we come back. I've got a new game. It's called Marvel Snap. And if you haven't heard about it, I'm going to tell you all about it because it is, it is my brand new favorite thing. And that is next on Nerd Radio. Backstagecountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Country music has so many generous artists who always seem to jump in to help those in need. We're spotlighting five who lead by example and lend a helping hand to charitable causes. See who made our list when you text GIVE to 45911. 
text GIVE to 45911 and read all about it right now on BackstageCountry.com. This is Nerd Radio. Okay, magic cards, go. Uh, yeah, magic cards, they're, uh, they're the pieces of cardboard, okay. and uh, you play them on the ground, and people play cards against you, and first one to go down 20 wins from 20. All right, thanks for listening to Nerd Radio, and we out. That's all we got. Well put, Jefferson. Well put. It's Nerd Radio on your social media at Nerd Radio 101 and on the podcast page at, uh, WRIF.com as part of the B-Pod Studios Network. We're back with a little more Nerd Radio flying solo once again for the 400th time that I do Nerd Radio here. It's Chuck Bean hanging out with you guys. So I mentioned uh, before the break, there's a new game that uh, just came out in the last week that I'm super pumped about and I'm super pumped to tell you about it. It is called Marvel Snap. It is a new online collectible card game that you can play on your cell phone or on Steam. And uh, it is made by uh, one of the original creators of Hearthstone. Um, and uh, it's absolutely great. You play with decks of 12 cards. Each card represents a different Marvel superhero or villain. They all have different fun abilities, and you play them on a table that has three different lanes, essentially, three different locations, and the locations are also randomly selected. So from game to game, it's not like you can always play the same cards on the left location and always get the same results. Like that low, that left location is going to be a different location every single game. The locations give you abilities as well, which is pretty cool. Uh, before we get into it, I'll play a couple of rounds of, for, of it for you. Cause like I said, it's, you got 12 cards in your deck. Uh, games are six rounds each. So they're like three, four, maybe five minutes a game. So I'll play a couple of games and kind of walk you through how the game works here on Nerd Radio. But before we do, uh, I wanted to talk to you about a couple of different cards that are in the game and uh, a couple of different stories that have come out over the last uh, week since the game launched officially on Wednesday. Uh, the first story I have from Kotaku here is about uh, uh, the, gar- the card for Quicksilver, the Avenger, or uh, the guy you might remember as having the best scenes in uh, X-Men, Days of Future Past, and Apocalypse. Um, so... In a lot of collectible card games, for those that don't play Magic or anything like that, uh, you'll you'll get cards that you can play right at the beginning of the game. They're called one drops because they usually only cost like one of whatever resource you have in order to put out. So they're very useful. Uh, you want to make sure you get them in your opening hand, but you know uh, so that you can get a good fast start. But also when you get them in a later hand, they're not too bad either. And Quicksilver specifically, according to a whole Twitter thread that uh, Ben Brode, uh, one of the creators, had put on. Uh, completely um, eliminated one of the big problems they were having in playtesting. So when you're playing Magic the Gathering, Hearthstone, or anything like that, there's a thing called a mulligan where if you draw your hand and you don't have any good cards in your opening hand, you can take a mulligan and shuffle your deck again and then draw cards. Quicksilver, the card in Marvel Snap, costs one energy, he's got a power of two, and his ability is if he's in your deck... He's the first card in your hand every single game, which completely eliminates the need for a mulligan. Now, if you want to, um, if you want to make sure you're going to have something to play on turn one and you don't want to play against the odds of it being one of the 12 cards that are in your deck, you just put Quicksilver in there. You got him turn one. You're good to go. And according to Ben Brode, uh, it completely eliminated the complaint they had in playtesting of people looking for a mulligan. 
and that's fascinating. Uh, a couple of one of the best parts about this game, Marvel Snap, is seeing how people are represented in the game. Uh, one of the really fun ones that I saw on Twitter that somebody had pointed out is that the character Agatha Harkness, who you might remember from the WandaVision show uh, just a year or two ago, uh, when you put her on the table, she takes over for playing for you and plays the rest of the game for you. You don't get to make any decisions for the rest of the game. Agatha Harkness makes the decisions for you for the rest of the game. And that's hilarious. Another article that I saw in Kotaku about this game is about the card for Uncle Ben, Spider-Man's uncle, who inevitably dies in the mythos of Spider-Man. He is a uh, character. He's cost one, so you can drop him on turn one, and he's got a power of two, which is kind of fascinating for Uncle Ben, because like Quicksilver has a power of two as well. Like, There's no reason for Uncle Ben to have a power of two, honestly. But his special ability is that when he is destroyed and wiped off the table, you get Spider-Man in your hand. So when Uncle Ben dies, Spider-Man is in your hand and you get to play him next turn. <laughs> just that's that's amazing. That's some great stuff. So let me pull up the game here and uh, and we'll we'll check out a couple of I'll, I'll, I'll play a couple of rounds for you and try and explain what's going on here because I've got it. Uh, I, I've loaded it up on Steam. Now you can make multiple decks. I've got four decks here. I'll play with uh, the the uh, the opening deck that you start with. Um, I'll pull up my cards here. As you can see, I've got a lot of cards. That's one of the things that's neat about this game. One of the things that I've found neat about this game so far is that if you want to pour money into this game, uh, as you can see here, you can buy a welcome bundle that gets you a Captain America and the, the gold, which allows you to buy cards or variants of cards right out the gate. Um, but the game is very... Very short on microtransactions. Like, I've yet to see how throwing money at this game would make me a better player than somebody else who's playing. And that, I think, is absolutely awesome. Um, the way that, the way the game works is obviously you, you play games of it. Uh, you, and when you play against somebody, you get resources that allow you to increase the rarity of your card. All your cards start as like a normal card, uh, a, a common card. Like, I think, is my Ant-Man a normal common? I think so. Um, so they just have the regular, the regular art, but then as you increase them, you get, uh, when they're an uncommon, you get what's called a frame break where the character is kind of breaks out of the frame. Uh, this Hawkeye card that I've got on the screen right now, you can see, uh, after frame break, you get, uh, kind of a 3d effect, I think is the next one as it becomes rare. And every time you win a game, you get more resources to improve your cards. When you improve your cards, you actually go up uh, in in levels uh, experience-wise. And going up in levels experience-wise gets you more cards. That's the only way to get more cards is to continue to go up this this experience, the collection level ladder. Uh, and every two levels, or is it four? Every four levels, you get a mystery card. So you don't even know what card you're working towards. It just randomly picks a card and gives it to you. Which is cool. You might get a really good card. You might get a so-so card. You never know. And then you also get credits that you can use to improve cards because that's how you increase levels because that's how you get more cards, which is cool. There's also a season pass. There's daily missions. There's a whole thing. Let's get into it. Let's play a game. So I'm clicking play right now. Uh, it searches for opponent very quickly, which leads me to believe that I might not actually be playing a, physically against somebody who's on. So the table's up. 
the first uh, the first place has been revealed, and it's the Space Throne. Only one card can be here for each player. Now, I can play cards to the other two places, but they don't get revealed for, like, the next turn, the middle one gets revealed, and then the next turn, the right one gets revealed. So by turn three, you know what everything is. I drew Quicksilver in my opening hand. He's in my, uh, he's in my deck, so I'm going to play him. Instead of playing him where the Space Throne is, because I can only put one card there, so I want to put, like, the most powerful card I can there, I'm going to play him on the thing that's going to be revealed next turn. And then I'm going to hit end turn. So Quicksilver pops up. Uh, my my opponent did not have a one drop, so I'm in the lead. I'm winning the middle. So the middle one was revealed, and it's called Bar Sinister. When you play a card here, uh, fill this location with copies of it. So now, tech-wise, I want to make sure whatever card I play that and that next, I want multiple copies of. So like I've got the thing, he has no ability. He's just a four drop for six power cyclops same thing three drop for four power um i've only got two energy because it's turn two i have four cards in my hand none of them are two energy so i have to pass and he plays a sentinel on the right thing that hasn't been revealed yet sentinels are awesome because uh when you they have an ability that's called on reveal which is basically when you flip it over um it puts another sentinel sentinel in your hand and that's that's dope um okay so it's turn three i've got i drew medusa the inhuman who has an on reveal if i play her in the middle location she goes from being two power to four power and uh i got cyclops so i have an, I, either i play cyclops who's a three four someplace like where the sentinel is and take that or i play i'm gonna play medusa in the middle which is gonna fill the middle with medusas and they're all gonna have four health and then nobody attacks each other. You're just trying to make the number on my side of the table bigger than the number on your side of the table. So the middle generates a bunch of Medusas. Oh, that's a neat thing. So Medusa gains two health and becomes a four. The next Medusa starts as a four, gains two health and becomes a six. And the next one starts as a six, becomes a... Oh, no, she's just a six. Okay, never mind. So we're in turn four here. There's only uh, three more turns this game. I'm winning the middle. Uh, nobody's got the left side. I've got, and I'm losing the right side. So I should play somebody on the right side. The right side, he's got two Sentinels. There's six. Uh, now I can either play the Thing, who's a six, or I can play Cyclops, who's a four, and Misty Knight, who's a two. Neither one of them having an ability. And uh, the right side says six cost cards cost one less here. So I will put the thing over there because uh, cyclops is a three and misty knight is a one to play i can always play them at a different time for those listening to the podcast at home i hope you're enjoying this this is marvel snap as i said at the the top of the conversation uh it's a new game you can play on the cell phone if you're a marvel fan it's got a lot of cool uh cool characters that you already identify and um yeah, it's just good it's just well put together man all right, so he played two cards on the right space, so he's got a 12 to my six, and I can't match that. We've got two turns left. I've got uh, I've got Abomination, which I can play for five. That's got a nine power. Or I've got Iron Man, who doubles the power I have on any location. So if I put Iron Man on the right location, I would match his 12. We would be tied. If I put Abomination on the Space Throne, he's the only one that can go there, but all right, I'll play Iron Man backing up the thing, which will match the, uh... 
Oh, and the one mechanic I haven't even talked about is the the snap mechanic. So at the top of the screen, you've got like a cosmic cube and it's got a one in it right now. If I click on it, it will double. Whoever wins takes that many cosmic cubes from the player they're playing against. So like at this point, I've been playing it for a week. I'm level 25 and I've got, you know, you get like 10 cosmic cubes per level. Um, all right, we're in turn six. It's the last turn. He's winning the right side with 17 to 12. I'm winning the middle, 18 to zero. He played Electra on the place where you can only play one card on the right for a two, um, which I can easily outdo him at. So I'm going to play my strongest card is Abomination. He's a nine power on the right side or on the left side. So that's going to give me the left side because he can't play another card there. He's got four cards on the right side, so all he can do is play cards in the middle. And unless he can top 18, I'm going to win this game by winning two of the three places. He played Jessica Jones. It's one of my favorite cards, which means he gets four Jessica Jones. It's four, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. 16 to my 18. I still win that. And then Abomination gives me nine to his two. So I win. Two out of three locations. Just that simple. Um... Funny thing about this game, so I collect my reward here. I get eight Cosmic Cubes. I'm at level 26, and it it always randomly picks which card you get boosters for to increase the rarity of. This time it chose Cyclops and gave me enough that I can upgrade him from a common to an uncommon, which will give me plus one collector level, which puts me one away from getting 25 credits, which you can use to increase your collector level. Uh, I didn't complete any of my my dailies or my weekly quests, but that's okay. Uh, but that's that's Marvel Snap, man. In in a nutshell, I hope it made sense. If you're a card gamer, I think it probably made sense. Um, and if you're not a card gamer, well, hopefully it just sounded neat and and you check it out anyways. I can't recommend this game highly enough. And one of the reasons I've been recommending it to is everybody I talk to is because it just started. So they haven't, you know, obviously they're going to balance it. And uh, they're going to patch it to do stuff. And I, I get the impression, as I said earlier, when I'm playing against people, that I'm not actually playing against somebody. I'm playing against an AI using somebody's deck. Um, because there's been plenty of times where like, I do some cool moves to make cool things happen. And I see them play cards, but they play them in the wrong spot. And I don't know if that's an actual player doing that, or if it's just an AI that's not wisened up to how that deck is supposed to play. And I feel like if if that if it's the second case, then they're going to eventually patch the game to the point where it's going to be really hard to beat the computer. Uh, I also, as you see, I'm like level 26 as far as the, the, uh, the, you know, and I don't know if it's matching you against people who are your level, but up until I want to say like last night, I think I'd lost three games total. And I'm not saying I'm not bragging. I'm not saying like I'm really good at this. Just a matter of I don't I can't imagine I've been paired up against so many people that don't understand the game that well for like a week to get to level 26. But maybe that's the case because last night I think I lost like four games in a row and dropped from like level 26 to 24 and then won a couple games and got back up to 26. So I maybe maybe I'm at my sweet spot as far as how this game works. But if that's the case, if it is matching you against live players and, and you know, you're going to hit a certain ceiling and then that's where your sweet spot is, the matchmaking is better matchmaking than I've ever seen in any game whatsoever. So that's Marvel Snap. Uh, check it out. I'm not being, you know, they're not giving me anything to advertise it, but uh, I think it's freaking awesome. I love Marvel comics and uh, I love collectible card games. I spent seven years working at a 
collectible card game store. So when I can get a card game on my phone um, that like this, this this game eliminates both of the things I don't like about collectible card games. One, the arms race of having to throw money at it to be good at it. And two, having to deal with real people. So <laughs> there you go. That's Marvel Snap. Thank you guys for hanging out with me for Nerd Radio's 400th episode. Uh, I will try and uh, reconvene with some folks next week and see if Amy's available and Al and uh, and uh, maybe we can get Marcus in here and we can talk about what's going on in the world of nerds. Uh, in the meantime, you can check us out on social media, Nerd Radio 101. You can check out the video, uh, video the video on demand while it exists over at, uh, over at my Twitch, twitch.tv backslash Chizuk. Thank you, Valent Summer. I just looked at the chat. Catastrophe Black, thank you for uh, being here. And thank you, Valent Summer, for congrats on the 400. Uh, make sure you download the podcast. Make sure you rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, let people know to uh, to check us out. Check out all 400 episodes of it. Some of them are very entertaining and some of them are just me rattling on about stuff that I enjoy. Thank you guys for uh, joining me for Nerd Radio this week. And I hope you guys have a fantastic week. And uh, I will talk to you real soon. I'm in a difficult situation here. I mean, after all, you nerds. This Transformer is cool. Have a great weekend. See you later, nerds. The future's stupid, guys. I'm sorry, but it is. I have spoken. <laughs>